All right, thank you very much. Take your Bible now, please, and go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And when you find it, then you all look up here because I want to talk with you for a while, okay? I first of all express my gratitude uh, for Dr. Anderson having me here. I've been with him in meetings when he was pastor in Illinois. And, of course, your chancellor. I love your uh, Dr. Marriott and his wife. They've been very dear friends of mine for years. I've been with them in meetings as well. And, you know, I thank the Lord for the uh, faculty here as well. I'd like to have all you faculty members, would you please stand for me for just a moment? I'd just like to see who you are. All the faculty members. Oh, whoa. Okay, great. Okay, may be seated. The reason why I had them stand, because I'm indebted to my professors when I went to college. I had such a terrible speech problem that I had a teacher... Uh, named Mr. Bob Pratt, who walked up to me one day at the close of class and said, Jerry, I need to talk with you. And I said, what's that, sir? He said, I need, I think you need to change your major from Bible and go into some other field because of your speech problem. I said, no, Mr. Pratt, I know God's called me to preach. Another lady named Miss Joyce Parks, my speech teacher. She said, Jerry, I want you to go to my office. I'd go to her office. After school, she said, Jerry, I do not believe you ought to go into the ministry with your speech problem. I would encourage you to change your major. I said, no, Miss Parks. God's coming to preach. And guess what those teachers did? They poured their lives into me. Mr. Bob Pratt would have me come to his office. He'd say, Jerry, get on the floor on your back. A teacher did this to you? Yes. (laughs) Took his foot, put his foot on the top of my stomach, and said, I'll start breathing. He was teaching me how to breathe from the diaphragm. You don't breathe from up here when you're preaching or singing. You breathe from down here. I did not know that. West Virginians don't know that stuff. (laughs) And so he literally spent time with me and dealing with me in the area of this area of the diaphragm. And Miss Parks, as well, spent all those hours with me. I had these stand because I'm grateful for those professors and those teachers who poured their lives into me. And you know what? You may be a person with problems, and these men of God and these ladies, they will help you. And I'm indebted to them. I really am. And you know, when Dr. Pratt passed away, the president of the college stood up and read the letter that he wrote to me that was read at his funeral. And in that letter, he said, Jerry, if you were the only result of my years of teaching, it's been worth my years of teaching to see how God's used you. You know what? Professors are pouring themselves into you. I pray that one day you'll express that great love and appreciation for what they've done for you, okay? Now, I've got to get to another subject right now. Um, 
Before the service, uh, uh, Brother Joe Short gave me this payday candy bar right here. And you can't have it. You hear me? I have received, literally, no exaggeration, I have received thousands of payday candy bars because of one illustration. I love payday candy bars. And then I love German chocolate cake. And so before the service, some sweet lady walked up to me and gave me a piece of chocolate cake. You can't have this either, okay? (laughs) And you know what? Uh... There's something I really love, and I've never received one yet. I'd love to have a yellow Jeep Wagoner. I really would. (laughs) I'm teasing you, of course. Well, now, I want to get to the Word of God. Before I do, though, we've all quoted uh, our passage every day. And so, 1 Peter 5, 7. Let's all stand, if you will, please. And uh, I better get this out of the pulpit because this is tempting, all right? <laughs> okay. Let's quote um, 1 Peter 5, 7, good and loud. Here we go. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Ah. Oh. I pray when you go on these difficult times, you're ready to suck your thumb, pull your hair out. You cast all your care upon him. You hear? That's what they say in the South. Cast all your care upon him. He cares for you, and he will take care of you, okay? Now, I'm bringing a message on the one great truth I got a hold of as a young man that absolutely changed my life. And really what I am is because I have a dominant truth that got a hold of my life as a young man. Would you look at verse 16? 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. And I hate to do this to you kids, but I, I got this long message and I don't want to be able to dry up on you, okay? But the medication, all this stuff, does make you thirsty. But note the word of God says in Proverbs 25, 25, it's cold news from a far country. Uh, as cold waters. Uh, to a thirsty soul, so it's good news from far country. All right, so excuse me. Okay, look at verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Our dear Father, we need your divine help. And I pray the Holy Spirit will guide me and use the truth to get a hold of someone's heart as it did mine. I pray in Christ's name, amen. May be seated, please. Our passage begins by stating all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration is the Greek word that means God breathed. Therefore, the word of God says all scripture is God Breathe. Jeremiah 1 9, then the Lord before his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I put my words in thy mouth. 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, the word of God tells the same thing about the power of God's word. Psalm, Exodus 32 16 says, And the tables were the work of God, and the rotting 
was the writing of God. Which means the scriptures literally came from the divine mouth and divine finger of God himself. Since that's so, it means the Bible is completely trustworthy. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 15, 3, now you're clean through the words which are spoken unto you. 1 Kings 8, 56, there hath not felt one word of all his good promises. John 10, 35, the scriptures cannot be broken. Isaiah 48, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Look, you need to realize something. This book right here came from the very being of God himself. All scripture is God-breathed. But why did God give us his word? And the answer is before your very eyes. He first of all gave it for our spiritual growth. The word of God says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Now stop right there, look here. It's profitable for doctrine. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Psalm 119 verse 18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Every time you open the Bible, you ought to bow your head and pray and say, Dear God, give me understanding as I read your word. Why? The way that you will grow and mature is by the intake of God's word within your life. But here's the problem. Many of God's people do not have a driving love for God's word. And when I got saved, neither did I. My whole life was a sports world. When I got saved uh, as a, a, a senior in high school, my Sunday school teacher, Mr. Paul Phillips, said to our class, our teenage class, he said, the first teenager, who, who memorizes John 14, 1 through 15, I will buy him whatever he wants. I thought, well, these Baptists must be millionaires. I'm going to memorize that passage and get me a new ball bat because I love, I love baseball and football and all those things. So I went home and borrowed my mother's Bible, and I memorized John 14, 1 through 15. And the next Sunday, I go to class, and the teacher said, did anybody memorize John 14, 1 through 15? And no one raised their hand. And finally, I, I said, I did. He said, you did? I said, yes, I did, sir. He said, then stand up and quote it in front of the entire class. And I would never speak publicly. You hear me? I would never, ever speak publicly. They tried to get me run for offices in high school, and I would turn it down. Never stand in front of people. But I wanted that ball bat so badly, I stood up and I said, John chapter 41 through 15. And listen, I'm part Russian, and I mean I really rushed through the whole passage. As a matter of fact, I think he thought I was speaking in Russian, all right? And when I got through, he said, well, that's great. What do you want? I said, sir, I want a ball bat. That's the only reason why I memorized that passage. I wanted a ball bat. So, next Sunday, 
I go to church, and there's my teacher standing outside with his hands like this behind him. And I just knew he had my ball bat. And so I run up to him. He said, here, Jerry. And he handed me a Bible. An old Schofield reference Bible. And I said, thank you. I never owned a Bible in my life. I took the Bible home. And one night I went down to the basement, sat in my dad's coal mining chair, opened the Bible to the Gospel of John. And when I did, I couldn't put it down. I'd go down there every night. Every night till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. From 9 o'clock till 12 or 1 in the morning. My mother would get down on her hands and knees and to the floor register. She'd say, Jerry, don't you think you ought to go to bed, son? It's 1 o'clock in the morning. What happened to me? Something got a hold of my life. This book got a hold of my life. And you know what? I began to grow. Spiritually, I began to grow. And I would that you would be consumed with this book. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in your mercy in all wisdom. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Revelation 1.3, blessed. He said, it readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Psalm 119.97, oh, how love I thy law. Is my meditation all the day. And I'm going to tell you right now, the only way you will ever grow and you'll mature as you ought when you realize this is God's means of spiritual growth. But second of all, look back at our text. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Now look here. Look at me. He second of all gave his word to spiritually groom our lives. You know the word of God tells you in Titus 2.12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know, people often ask me, they say, well, Brother Jerry, well, well how should I live as a child of God? You want to know how you should live? I'll tell you how you should live. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly. That means sound in your reasoning. Righteous, righteous in your living. Godly in your example. How does the Lord take any one of you out there, Make you the sober, righteous, godly individual that you ought to be. One word. Teaching us the denying. Denial has always been the means of God shaping our lives. How do I know? The Bible says so. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and tear his cross and follow me. Galatians 5, 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affection and lust. Romans 13, 14, but put your on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and make no provision for the flesh. First Peter 2.11, Dear beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Over and over, the word of God echoes denial, 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 denial. Which means this. Look at my fist, if you will, please. I'm I'm left-handed. You know that. Look at this fist. If this is God's word, and this represents you, you must put your life in complete submission and obedience to God's word. So, whatever God condemns, you will never condone. What God forbids... You'll never endorse what God denies. You'll never embrace. Why? Your life is lived entirely under this word where God can groom you. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to my word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. O limit of wonder from thy commandments, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And I'm going to tell you, you need to realize this is God's power to transform your life, to be the sober, godly individual you ought to be. But third of all, go back to our text. That other part says, for instruction in righteousness. Now, third of all, God gave it for our spiritual guidance. I want you to look at it. I'm going to make a statement to you. The Word of God is what He will use to guide you through your entire journey on this earth. Psalm 119, 105, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and the light unto my path. If you would go by the principles, the statutes, the law, of God's word, it'll never lead you astray. The word of God will never lead you contrary to the will of God. And you need to realize, in this wonderful journey, you have to realize this book right here is what will guide you in all your decisions that you make. For the young man that you one day will marry, young lady, likewise to you, As a young man, the one that God will send in your life, he'll guide you if you allow him. I'm talking, this book right here, God's our lives. You know, it's very crucial today that you see that this right here has to dominate you. Do I love sports? Oh, yes, I still love sports. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Although I love sports, I have a greater love than that. I love the Word of God. And know, as a child of God, you need to to let this book consume you and get a hold of what you are memorizing because you are memorizing the eternal Word of God. However, for those who don't know the Lord, you need to realize something, what Christ said in John 5, 39. Search the scriptures. From them you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. 
The whole book will point you in one direction. It will always point you to Jesus Christ. And you know what? I thank God that a, a godly man named Doug Rutherford from the Pier, Michigan, left Michigan to come to West Virginia to reach the coal miners for Christ. And one day that man of God reached my family and he took the Bible and sat down with me and he guided me to Christ. And this book right here will guide you to Christ if you'd come to him and let Christ be your Savior. Let's bow our heads and pray, please. Before I do pray, You are here studying, and you want to make sure you study hard and get your life shaped so God could use you. But you need to realize the importance of letting the Word of God do the things which I just preached about in your life. You know, I'm not asking for a raise of hands. But perhaps there's some young man or some young lady who says, you know, in my heart, I want the Lord to know that I want this book to get a hold of me. I want this book to dominate me. Perhaps there's some of you who say, you know, there's things in my life that I have to have God groom from my life that I'm dealing with, that I struggle with. And I know, Jerry, denial is the way, and I need to hear that. And if anyone, listen to me, in this, this service or other places, you need Christ. You've got to come to him, my friend. And this Bible will guide you to him. And then tonight, or this morning, there could be some young man or some young lady. The thing that consumes you is being used of God. But you've never, ever publicly come forward to declare that. You know, I'd like to encourage you this morning to come down here and tell Dr. Anderson, I, want to, I don't know how God's going to use me, but this thing is consuming me, and I want to give my life for God to take and use it as he would see fit. You may not know how God will lead you, but when you come, I guarantee you, he will. If you're unsaved, come to my Savior. Dear Father, God, now by thy spirit, we ask in Christ's name, amen.